Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast as we wander out of the wilderness of woe. Join us in willing our yellow warriors to win against Watford. This week we'll be mostly joined by Fion to preview what is, by pretty much every single measure, a huge game at the weekend. Fion, you witnessed in person the final defeat of this long-running Premier League drought before we turned the corner with a much-needed three points on Saturday. So what's the main thing that needs to be different from what you saw on Saturday for us to win this week? Well, if we're going to win on Saturday, um, we're going to need to score a goal, at least one, probably more. Um, That's some quality um, insight, that feel. Yeah, don't worry, I'm just getting started. Um, So yeah, uh, we did not show great signs of doing that on Saturday um, against Arsenal. Uh, So I think we need to... Um, create some more chances, hold the ball up a bit more up front, um, get the get some corners in that beat the first man possibly. Um, all all of that all together um, because I don't think Watford are among the best uh, the best defensive teams in the Premier League. So I think I, we've got a pretty good opportunity here, and uh, it will be a very handy three points. So yeah, I think we need to. Uh, to work out a way of of creating some chances, getting the ball forward, making it stick up front, um, all of which, yeah, didn't really see a great deal of at the Emirates. So from what uh, I wasn't at the game on on Saturday, I'm looking forward to to being able to resume hostilities after the international break this weekend. W- were there many opportunities for you, on for you actually to to kind of be on the edge of your seat or or leaning forward at least? In the away end, were there, were there many times when you thought, other than Kenny's header and that late Pookie chance where he brought it down in the area, how often were you actually thinking, oh, we might be two or three touches away from a, a goal here? Actually, quite a lot, I thought, um, because I mean, certainly for the sort of middle, the la- maybe the sort of last twenty minutes of the first half, um, certainly we were we were really pushing, and uh, and uh, you know, if we'd nicked one just before half time. Um, I don't think that would have been a surprise, but yeah, it just it just never quite seemed to get there, and I, I didn't have a particularly great view, um, or I was of the other end, but um, yeah, it just didn't it just didn't seem to work out. I mean, there, there was some I, I really liked Jolis. I thought he had a pretty good uh, a pretty good period uh, in the first half. Um, so it's just it's just getting that to click. I mean, but I don't. I don't think the team was particularly what we needed um, for that game. So I think that will change on Saturday, certainly. What are, what are your thoughts, John, on the, the team news? It certainly was the lineup that has was greeted with the biggest kind of shrugs and confused looks so far this season. Um, yeah, but actually, had he not changed it up wholesale, then would Farker have been criticised? I think almost definitely. And... What everyone probably wanted to see was the introduction of Ozanka back, of Matthias Norman, you know, to, for him to throw in a few of the new boys, which knowing that they'd been on international duty and probably had a day or two of coaching with Daniel Farker, I think, you know, it would have been foolish for him to do that. It's just not Farker style. And he wants to work with those players before, you know, they, they kind of earn his um, his trust to put them in the lineup. So, I guess the the surprise for me really was the omission of Gilmore um, because as much as defensively, he, he hasn't really looked what we need actually in terms of ball retention and, and, and playing um, 
you know kind of dangerous balls into channels and and just looking to for a progressive pass he's probably looked our best bet this season thus far um clearly there was a lot of people that that weren't particularly enamored with the inclusion of Lucas Rupp I think that's a bit of a red herring to be honest with you Lucas Rupp did fine like you know he was probably a six out of ten but you know he certainly wasn't the worst culprit and to go back to your original question of what do we need to do better or what needs to change the issues are that we've really struggled to play out from the back um, this season against better sides now you'd you'd hope that one Watford's press wouldn't be as as good or as considered as Arsenal or Manchester City or, or Liverpool um, but also we need to get better at, at what we're doing you know Tim Krull and I, the, the guy's distribution actually, probably for the last two years, I think has been pretty decent. But Tim Krull has struggled this season. And I just wonder whether teams have had a look at how he wishes to play out from the back. Because there is often a lot of dinked balls out to a full back or, or you know, kind of looking to go wide a lot of the time. I think teams are wise to that now. So, you know, we need to vary that up. I think Max probably needs to be a bit better at, right, actually, when do I need to clear it and when do I need to try and overplay in areas and and um you know we we need to be a bit cuter williams did that much better from the left flank and and you know he looked he was probably i mean i watched bits and bobs of the game and and i thought he was our best player but you know for me it is about learning to progress the ball through the thirds a bit quicker and being able to play through a press because when once you can and actually you've got the likes of christos Scholis or you know kieran dowell they are lads who look like they've got a bit of end product to them but they're going to need the space and time to be able to do that so it's it's almost our ability to to break a bit quicker um which is going to be really important moving forward yeah the the inability to play out from the back and the inability to to play our way yeah is it's kind of reared the same topic up that we were talking about towards the end of last season and and, and to be fair we were talking about it towards the end of um the season just now when we when we won the league and we knew we were going to be Premier League team again, Farker's got to show tactically that he can cut it at this level. That when people work him out, when people work out how to either um, prevent us from from playing out, uh, he needs to be able to demonstrate that he's got plans B, Cs, and Ds because in the Premier League, sticking to Plan A and just making Plan A better doesn't work unless you're spending hundreds of millions on making Plan A better. So you know, I think we talked on the season preview pod about how as much as we wanted to be positive and we wanted to predict wins against Liverpool and, and you know, be optimistic, realistically, the hardest job that the, the coaching team might have this, this season is how do you lift the players from being bottom of the league with no, no points come, you know, the Watford game. And it's exactly what has played out, you know, and everyone saw the fixture list come out. We didn't know what um, Arsenal was going to be a relegation basement battle at the time, obviously, but we looked at those first four games and we thought, you know, <clears throat> those four fixtures away at Arsenal, home to Leicester and Liverpool, um, you know, that they are the sorts of fixtures where you, you lose over the course of the season and you wouldn't exactly be surprised if any team in the bottom half lost across those four sets of fixtures. The fact that they're all together just kind of focuses the mind a little bit more and makes it seem more more negative. But what do you think, Fionn, about the the, the kind of this the spirit? Because it, it concerns me that we're coming off such a damp squib of a of a set of points, 
going into what now is being viewed as a must-win game when realistically it probably isn't, you know, really. If we lost, we've still got, you know, 33 games left to, to get points from. That's a lot of points on the board. But how was it in the last couple of minutes or, you know, maybe a, a final whistle? Did, did it? How deflated did the lads seem in real life on Saturday? Um, I, don't, I didn't really look at how they... Re- I mean, they... they... It's just frustrating, isn't it? It just it 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 never it, it wasn't like we were having a sort of onslaught in the final minutes um, that felt like it was going to come to anything. I mean, we had a corner late on and it hit the first man again. Um, so it's all everyone was just a bit a bit frustrated at that in the away end. But I mean, I, I don't think there's any particular reason to after those four games when at the start and when the fixtures came out, we all said, "Oh, no points after four games," and that's exactly what happens. So I don't think there's much much point kicking off about it now and if I look at the league table and and you know the team in 17th have got two points so if we win on Saturday you know it's we're we're back up with with other teams it's not like we're it's not like we've been left behind because other teams have had slow starts as well and and teams that you wouldn't expect to so yeah um I think just just write write them off it's done now but I mean whenever we were playing this game on Saturday in the season it would be a massive game because it's just it's a chance to get three points at home against a team who although they've they've beaten us when we've played them in the last couple of seasons um you know we we proved last year over the league table that we're a better team than them and i don't think they've particularly strengthened over the summer very well and they've not had a great start to the season so it's a it's a massive opportunity on saturday um and yeah, I mean, Farker made very clear in the, the press conference before Arsenal, before we'd even played the game on Saturday, that he was saying about how much he was looking forward to having this week of week of training with all the players back from the internationals. And I felt then that that was almost like Saturday was being written off and we were sort of being primed to primed for that. But then that piles all the expectation now on Saturday. Um, so, you know, let's see what they do in this in this week of training that we've been promised. Um and yeah, I, okay, it's not it's not a must win, but it would be really really helpful if we did win it because uh, otherwise it's just a wasted opportunity that we don't get again this season. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he, he, if Varker is the absolute master of of getting his excuses in early, um, it's all, almost Mourinho levels of um, drip feeding what the narrative will be as as to why well we, we couldn't have possibly have expected to have won really um, on the Thursday or a Friday before before a game. Um, so, so John, what what are we what are we expecting on on Saturday team wise? I mean, he's 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 already done a bounce lineup, so you know anything in theory could be possible. But um, give me a give me the old classic: who would John pick versus who do you think Fark will pick for for Saturday? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'd be really tempted, and I know we've kind of got this in our listener question, so I'll, I'll kind of touch on it briefly. But I'd be really tempted to move back to. Four two three one, and the reason is that I think that we're not getting the best out of Puki as it stands. Um, he clearly thrives off a number ten or you know an Emi Buendia type. The closest we've probably got to that at the moment is Toddy, who who didn't start on Saturday and and could probably feel rightly aggrieved that that he you know he wasn't part of the starting lineup. So I think we need to we need to engineer a way to as Fionn alluded to earlier to to kind of look at chance creation and and how do we do that and I think it's almost the club is and the the whole ethos this season almost seems to be 
preface on the fact that we're going to play four three three, and we've we've bought players that that we think will suit that system better. Yet the number one striker at the club seems to be struggling to adapt to that, and it doesn't get the best out of him. And and I think you know genuinely it feels like we're we're between the two at the moment, and. I don't know. Maybe I'm going overboard because it's it's four games against bigger clubs, and and actually, yes, offensively, we're we're not going to be as potent as perhaps we might be against a Watford or a Burnley or a Wolves or you know whatever you know mid-table teams we're going to play in the next couple of months. But it has felt like Pookie's been isolated, and he he doesn't ever feel like he would work that well in a three. Um, you know, kind of. So we either need Kenny to join in a bit more, and to be fair to the lad. You know, he was trying to do that this Saturday. You know, it was almost like, he, you know, he was playing as a an eight with a licence to get forward. Or we need to adjust the formation. And Farker, every season, like he's he's tinkered with with bits and bobs, but he's always reverted to to four two three one. So I just wonder what he'll do in that respect longer term. But for, for Saturday, I think we're, we're very likely to see Matthias Norman. And I think Lucas Rupp will, will drop out because, you know, Norman is seen as the, the kind of, DM, you know, kind of, an, and maybe not necessarily the type of defensive midfielder that that we're used to, but a defensive midfielder nonetheless. The, the centre back is the one for me that I, I have no idea who you pick because you've now got, um, you know, four centre backs who could legitimately say I should be in the starting lineup and you know and be knocking on the boss's door if they're not and and asking real questions because Omar Deli was one of our most promising players on on Saturday. Um, how can you drop him? Um, but, you know, equally, you've got a player who, you know, we have lined up, uh, you know, what, whatever the fee is, but, you know, kind of probably getting on for 12 million quid's worth of um, agreed price for, for Gabak to, to sign him permanently at the end of the season if if we stay up. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, clearly Krull's going to start. Max Aarons is going to start. Brandon Williams is going to start. And that's a shoe-in. Um, centre-backs just don't know, and it's probably a discussion that's worth having about... You know whether it's horses for courses um, based on the teams that we play, but that isn't necessarily Farker's style. Um, and then yeah, Norman, you think Kenny retains his place because you know kind of he's he's a Farker player and he, you know he's energetic enough that I think he's going to give us something against Watford. Um, Lays Malou is an interesting one because he shows flashes of of being um, really classy, but he fades in games quite quickly, and it feels to me like he drifts in and out of games. And then Jollis would be aggrieved if, if he didn't play. Todd would probably be aggrieved if he didn't play. And, and Pookie, for me, is going to continue to start. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really given you much of an answer there, mate, have I? But at the same time, it just demonstrates that, you know, Daniel Farker has some real selection dilemmas at the moment. And he's by no means settled on on a kind of preferred eleven, And he needs to get there fairly quickly because the hallmarks of his sides previously have been pretty settled 11s that um that will then go on and do good things i think there's a there's some positives to take from having a selection dilemma because you know we <laughs> yeah of course part of the reason that he's ended up on a settled 11 in seasons past has been well everyone else is injured or everyone else isn't up to it so i kind of stick with these lads and thank god that 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 combination has actually worked and oh we keep winning so i won't change it now um i think he's arrived at his best 11 almost by fortuitously through injury and through circumstance the last three seasons really um I mean just look at the the first campaign where you know he would have expected Hanley to have played all season um so I, I think 
it's not a bad thing that that he's changed. He's changing as much as he is because he he, he feels he was forced to with the international break coming when it did. Um, I I don't think there's any way Norman doesn't start. Um, because there's no, uh, there's absolutely no reason after four games of conceding in every game and looking like conceding more than we have in every game. There, there's no, you know, what data could any kind of existing defensive midfielder point to to say why am I not starting other than perhaps Sorensen who who shouldn't be forgotten as someone who has not been given an opportunity yet um, in in this season and maybe he'll get more of one in in one of the cup competitions you know against Liverpool the, the following Tuesday. Uh, I would like to see him given an opportunity to play. I think he offers a lot more than Rupp as a total player. Um, Rupp is a good championship um, kind of bombastic midfielder and, and offers something from the bench in games where we want someone, an extra you know, busybody. And I do mean that as a compliment, someone who I mean, he, he, he's got a fantastic work rate, Rupp. But I don't think he is he can be the linchpin of a um, of a Premier League midfield in the same way that I love Mario and I don't think he can. And, and I think the world of Teti and I don't think he can. You know, I, What have you seen needed... with Sorensen though? Because I, you know, I think that it's almost, it's um, he's being praised almost by omission. You know, he, he's, it's the kind of Ryan Bennett or Luciano Becchio factor that players oh, get I better. I think that's an insult to, I think that's an insult to him. Well, but to, I think to, it's, to throw but them it's, in there. but they, uh, the players get better when they don't play because no, people are, the, you know, kind no, of building him up as if look, he's not playing. So, you know, it's, no, it's Carl Lafferty as well. Didn't play. No, no. Well, well no, Carl Lafferty only, is, a, is one. Oh, yeah, but only for, you know, utterly. But what I'm saying, okay, no, so no my question is what have you seen in him? What have you seen in him? Because I haven't seen enough of Sorensen. I've seen him look relatively classy and okay in seeing out games, but that's about it. Yeah, exactly. But I've also seen Rupp given a chance and not do anything with it. So, you know, in the Premier League. So I, I've seen loads and loads and loads of Rupp and have seen very little to like in the Premier League. And, and I've seen he's abs- <clears throat> he's a really, really good addition to any championship promotion chasing team. Not not better than Kenny. He, he, you know, he was our third or fourth best last year um, uh, with, with some really good games. And, and he's, he's, a, he's a really good, solid player. And I'm glad he was part of the squad last year. But he was a squad player at that level. He certainly isn't good enough to lead it. Now, I'm not saying Sorensen is good enough to, to to lead it. I'm just making the point that at what point do you do you say to Rupp, look, you've used up lots and lots of chances. I've got to at least give Sorensen the opportunity to see out a game for 20 minutes or or, or, or or chip in. Because what I've seen from him is, you know, lots of games of incredible composure in defence. You know, pl- playing as a fullback, pl- playing in defence. I know that he can tackle. I know that he can build passes from the back. I, I've seen him in central midfield um, uh, in little glimpses uh, where he's looked very composed. And so I just think he's he's worthy of a of the guy. I also think he's a lot better in the air than than Rupp. Um, but as for Saturday, um, I think you've got to you've got to start Norman. As I said, I, I can't see how you don't. Bring Kabak in again. Is we we failed to keep a clean sheet. We had you know thirty shots, although you know maybe thirty you know flatters them a bit because if you look at the the shot map, a lot of the a lot of them were, were sort of arrows off to towards throw-ins and corner posts. But you know they had lots of chances. So whilst but who so that's a that's a good question though. Then who do we play at centre back? Because I don't I can't I see think how he feasibly drop Palmer Bamadeli. I think he will if we bring Kabak. Kabak. I think you. I think you'll play Quebec and and Hanley. That's that's who I think you'll start on on Saturday because Hanley's the captain, and um, I still think Hanley has played the best one-off performance of the season against Liverpool. Um, he, he really was superb in that game. And other than 
expecting Salah to take a good touch and Salah miscontrolling it. That was the only thing that undid him in the whole game. Um, you know, basically assuming that Salah would be able to play football to a, to a better standard than he did in that kind of half a second is the only mistake he made um, by, by, by kind of trying to close him off and obviously it rolled over his foot and then there was a goal. Um, so I, I don't think he will drop Hanley. I, I think that you, Omobama Daly could well by late October, you know, late November, he could easily become one of our first choice centre-backs. But I really do think it will be centre-back by committee this season. And I think, I hope that, that, that Fark has maybe learnt that he's got to do that to keep everyone sharp, keep everyone match fresh um, and, and, and know that injuries and tweaks and suspensions will come through the course of this season. And and just to bring up something that, that we haven't talked about, and that's the, the kind of physicality. I almost feel like we need more suspensions than we currently. I mean, like we are currently on on course to have no suspensions for the whole season because we are just rolling over and letting teams play against us. Brandon Williams looks um, like he's physically um, aggrieved uh, at anyone who might even get a yard against him. Love his tenacity, but I, I'm not seeing a lot from the other players. We really need to sign, to sign bite and muscle. I think we're faster. I think we're better on the ball than we were with the squad that we finished, you know, the previous season with. But I'm not seeing the physicality that we were so lacking last time out. Um, so going going into to, to Saturday, I, I I think he will play Hanley and Quebec. I wouldn't complain at all if he played Hanley and Omavama daily. Um, I any other combination would my eyebrows would go up a bit other than those two. What do you reckon, Fionn? Can you see any other than those two combinations? I think it'll be Hanley and Omobamadeli just because um, I think Omobamadeli had a very good game. Um, certainly in the first half, he was solid. Um, so I think it'll be harsh to drop him. I think Quebec plays on Tuesday against Liverpool, um, 100%. Uh, and then we just see how he gets on there. Um, but... Yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised to see Quebec on Saturday, but I think it'd be harsh on uh, on Big Andy. And then what about in in, in the the kind of supporting cast around Pookie? Um, I I think Rashica has to play. I think Jolis has to play. I think Cantwell has to play. Um, we, we've got to go and get goals against these guys. Yeah, I don't I don't think Dow plays. Um, I don't think he did enough really. Um, so I think Cantwell in for Dow certainly. Um. Yeah, the other two, the other two were decent. There was flashes. Um, so you know, if if we've got this this famed week on the training ground, we've now got um, to get them sort of ticking a bit more. Um, yeah, I'd 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 stick with Pookie if we know we can we can create chances for him. Um, if we're not going to do that, then we need to switch it up and go with Sergeant. But I think we can. Uh, I think we can stick with Pookie if we can if we can make those 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 behind him creating chances for him. I think this might be the last the last time that he starts up front if it doesn't seem to be working, John. I mean, I'm not saying he has to score to, to keep his place, um, but I just think if if we go a, you know five games into the season and in theory that the team that we finally should be able to create some chances against, if it's, if it's still seem, seeming like the way we're set up doesn't play to his strengths, surely at that point, game six is when Sargent needs to come in, i.e. maybe Sargent starts on against Liverpool in the Cup. And if he if he does, well, obviously, if he does half as well as he did against Bournemouth and looks like 
he fits the system more. Maybe a bit like Kabaki keeps his place from from Liverpool. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, the the next league fixture is is at Everton, isn't it? Goodison, and it's going to be. I think you know Everton are a, a relatively decent force this season, and you know I watched them last night, and all right, they didn't start particularly brilliantly, but then. They turned it on and in the space of five minutes, you know, they've gone from one nil to to three one up. I think they can hurt teams and especially at home, um, they will be difficult to play against. So having different options, having someone like Sargent or even Ida, you know, I I don't think he can be discounted from from the conversation because I think he's he's done well at international level, which is what I think has springboarded Omabama Delhi into Farkas thoughts. Um, I think he's looked decent in terms of his touch and his strength when he's come on. I think that will be an, an interesting dilemma for him. But to go back to Puki, I think he's just so reliant. He's absolutely reliant on a number 10 in, in the way that I see things that, you know, that everything kind of works off that. So if it wasn't Emmy playing as a false 10 off the right, it was Steeperman, you know, kind of Dow playing behind him last season or in, in seasons gone by when he's done really well. He's always had a number 10 that almost hunting in packs or, you know, he's got a partner and he, he looks isolated with the way things are at the moment. And so we either need to harness a system where Todd is given that freedom to roam into that 10 role and, you know, kind of somehow Kenny or Les Malou or whoever it might be kind of fills in and, you know, pushes forward a bit more. Or we revert, you know, you were saying, Tom, about um, playing Todd in the 10 and Jolis and Rashica. Um, You have to go four two three one then unless Todd's going to play as a central midfielder. And I don't think that's a, a viable option either. Um, so it, it just comes back to what I was saying before. Farker probably doesn't know his best eleven. Um, is it? You know, that's fair enough. You know, given that he's he's had limited time on the training ground with a lot of these players, and you know, it's probably going to take you know ten fifteen games before he absolutely knows his his preferred eleven. But the difficulty here is that we're struggling with chance creation and we're struggling with with playing out at the back, and that really doesn't lead to you know kind of. Um, any desirable outcomes does it for Norwich so it's got to change on Saturday but I think it I'm actually really positive I think it will change on Saturday and the inclusions of a Norman or a Quebec might just really freshen things up and actually it it lifts everyone else doesn't it to have competition in the squad to have um, you know kind of probably 22 23 people viable you know kind of first team starters I think it hopefully that's going to now go on to raise everyone's levels. Well, I think the playing out from the back would be helped. So, um, just to finish, kind of what we were, we were going through, if we were going to go with that more attacking four up front, then that means we can only have the two in midfield, kind of the central area. And for me, it would be Kenny and Norman. Um, you know, would not have thought prior to the season that Gilmore would not be on the pitch for for the Watford game. But but based on how much we've struggled to go from the middle two or three to the front two or three. Um, I think we need to have that creativity and that hunting in a pack, as you mentioned. And, and, and I think Campwell and Pukki are two of the best to ever do it for Norwich in terms of you know, hounding. I mean, Holt, Holt was good at it in a bullying kind of way, but not from wing to wing in the way that, that Pukki and Campwell, they are so good at leading the press. that I think, I think Campwell flatters to deceive in that regard in so much as he runs around a lot, but isn't necessarily considered press. Whereas Emmy was an absolute master of the art a lot of the times in that. But you know, you raise a good point. Campwell works. Campwell looked, as soon as he came on against Arsenal, he was looking to do that kind of thing. He was looking to pressurise the opposition. He was he was looking to push the team up. 
and, yeah, and that is what we need i think moving forward some of that flattering to deceive um is is actually to a certain degree what i think we've what i think we need and what i think we miss when we don't have toddy in there there is an element of you know you know the the apocryphal just run on and and you know just get on their lad and run on a bit you know run around a bit sort of thing you know to 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 get the fans up there is an element of that to to get the fans on their feet and to see someone clearly covering a lot of of yards and okay it might not be a con, as considered a press with a perfect geometric angle like someone who's worth the best part of 40 million pounds can can do although I wouldn't have thought Toddy's much less than you know 25 30 maybe um you 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 create pace and you create tempo and 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 in the same way as you just said about Norman and other new players coming in lifting people it it basically doesn't it creates there it means there's no excuse for any other player not to put in a similar level of effort however considered otherwise they are going to look in comparison very very lazy and slow and 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 it's going to stick out so it force it, it kind of ups everyone's tempo ups everyone's kind of blood pressure and um and 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 pulse when when he does that. So I I would play Kenny and Kenny and Norman. Um, we know that Norman likes to play progressive passes. We know he saw those whatever they're called quadrangles, quadrants, heat maps. Those those little kind of the graphs you see of the the various different skill sets that players have that you see during transfer rumours now. And and progressive passes is something that he's really keen on. And I watched him in the in the international break. He started the first of those couple of games. Um, and I watched him. He played for about an hour, an hour and a bit, and um, it, he really does look to push the ball forwards, you know, to right to the front or or right out wide as far forward as possible with 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 regularity. He is not a touch it sideways kind of player. So Kenny can do both, and I think he's our most complete uh, midfielder still. And I, I thought Gilmore would 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 be already at the level, and clearly Gilmore's a bit greener than than we kind of would led we led to to hope still could have an incredible season for us um and and hopefully you know builds on builds on some early and initial promise with, with us earlier in the season um but yeah i'd go kenny and norman um and 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 use those two taking it in turns to stick around and and kind of hold, hold things when when the other one is pushed and um, because I'd, i you know i don't think you can have a holding player that just holds you know, and I don't think you can have a number eight that just is, is much better going forward than, than coming back. I don't think you can do that in the Premier League. Um, so let's, let's let's look at some predictions then. Um, start with you, Fionn. Um, what what, is, what are you um, nailing your colours to the mast on? What's the score going to be? And, and give me a scorer or two as well. I'm going to be optimistic, very ridiculously optimistic. I'm going to go 3-0 Norwich. I just think it's all going to click. Having having just been grumpy about Saturday for half an hour, I'm I think that the, it will click this week, and I think uh, we are against opposition that if if we play those you know those attacking players and and it all works out in in this dream scenario, um, I think we'll have Jolis getting one. I think someone will put a ball through and Pookie will do a Pookie finish, uh, and yeah, three nil. I think if if we play as well as we played for a lot of the Leicester game, it will be enough to win most of our home games against most teams that don't finish any higher than tenth. You know that that you know there was so I was so positive after that game that if it wasn't for VAR this and offside that and not not saying any of the decisions were wrong, but the point is to even be in the position where you know like you know when I, when I play golf very badly and when I when I um, uh, inevitably miss my par putt. 
at least I can think, well, at least I was in the position to, to muck it up so badly. Um, you know, and I think we, we were in the position to be disappointed to not have taken something from the game because we were so close to it and against a very solid, decent Premier League team. So that that's what I think we need to be focusing on, trying to replicate that. And I do think you're right, Fionn. I think we will have too much for, for Watford if we can attain that. And crucially, if the fans really, really get behind it. And I mean, it's been poor so far this season. And um, John, this Saturday is when that needs to change. So, so talk to us a bit about that and uh, and and add your pre- prediction on the end. All righty. Um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would like to talk about atmosphere on Saturday because I think it's really important that we've all, we, whilst Fionn said we've all been a bit grumpy, we've all absolutely um, acknowledged that this is a really, really big game, not a must-win um, absolutely, but it's it's a huge game in our season, and it's a huge opportunity to to change the narrative and and to actually get our season off to to a real proper start and to propel us onto better things. And I think so. To get the prediction out of the way, I think we will do that. Um, I think we'll keep our first clean sheet of the season, and I think we might be looking at a, a nervy one nil with perhaps a um, a Rashica thunderbolt. I'm just going to keep saying that until he until he does that. But talking about the atmosphere for a moment. Um, it's really, it's hugely important that we're behind these boys from minute one. We've talked to players. We know it makes a huge amount of difference. They they tell us until they're blue in the face. If the crowd is behind you, it makes their jobs infinitely easier. If we are on Watford players' backs when they have the ball, you know, it makes their jobs infinitely harder. We cannot, you know, we cannot underestimate the importance of fans at football, given everything that we've gone through over the last, you know, eighteen months. Of course, we can't est- underestimate that. Um, lots of people have been in touch with us. This is something I wanted to touch on um, to say, what are we doing with the flags? When are the flags coming back to, to the Barclay Lower? Um, most of you, people probably listening to this will have seen already that we've put a statement out on the website to say that actually we talk to the club really regularly. Um, the club, in conjunction, I think, with some conversations with the Premier League and, and perhaps the, the local safety advisory group, have decided that the small waving flags or surfers as well aren't a viable option. So we need to say, well, that's fine, park that, but we need to focus on what we can do. And what we can do and what everyone has at home is a yellow and green scarf. So if people cast their minds back to Wigan away in that wonderful 2018-19 season, um, we created you know a yellow and green wall at Wigan, you know, five 5,200 fans or whatever it was, all holding scarves aloft, which... I think look pretty pretty awesome. If we can replicate that again, you know, kind of across twenty seven thousand fans or you know twenty five thousand Norwich City fans across Carrow Road, that could look really special. Um, you know, we've seen it done at, at other clubs in the UK and in on the continent as well. It can look phenomenal, and it's something that is quite easy to execute. So yeah, we're asking everyone to bring a scarf. We know it's September and it'll probably be about eighteen degrees, but please bring a scarf. Um, and hold it aloft as the players come out. Hold it aloft as we sing, you know, the finest song in world football. And um, then get behind the boys because it's so, so important on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be about 21 degrees and rainy. So use it as an umbrella. Um, Lovely. <laughs> bring, and then you know, swirl it and hit, it might be a heavy scarf. scarf it might be on. a heavy scarf with all the rain that it soaks <laughs> up. But, you know, if, 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 the, if you don't feel it's appropriate for, for a scarf, then, then a yellow and green hat it doesn't have to be official merch. You know, you know what our colours are. Um, yeah, you need to play your part on Saturday. Everyone needs to play their part. We, you know, if 
you know, if it's four, if we're four nil down after ten minutes, fair enough. You know, we, we we can give up. But realistically, there were times in that Leicester game where it felt like the old days. You know, the pre-pandemic, Farker, um, Farker's on a horse. Um, this team is unstoppable. We've got momentum with us. You know, if we roar them over the line, they'll get there. There, you know, it, it wasn't for massive periods, but there were times when we played like we belonged in that game. And we have to behave. We have to behave on Saturday like a fan base who belong, and not a fan base who are going to be uh, happy crappers or moaning minis. You know, this is not this is not a fan police thing. This is a, anyone who who wants Norwich to be in the Premier League has to acknowledge that we can help them, um, and if we can give them 0.2 of a percent um, uh, against Watford, then look how close, look how what fine margins it was against Leicester. And you know Watford are not as good a team as Leicester, and they do not have as good as many good players. So if we can be that fine margin that, that actually pushes it over the over the edge, and we actually get that win. Then the songs become just that little bit more easier to sing when when you know you've got points on the board and you know you know whisper it maybe we might even be out of the bottom three by match of the day Saturday night, and then you know in the games to come we start going oh well we're against Brighton or we're against Burnley actually you know we we're not in the bottom three at the moment or we're only a point out away from getting out of the bottom three I fancy us today it's that much easier to sing and okay Saturday might be one of those where you have to manufacture it just a little bit more um, and go no I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt knowledge that I'm going to believe and I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to sing and I'm going to shout and I'm going to wear my colours before you've scored a goal I'm going to do it before you've done something to to show me that that it's worth doing it do it for the fact that you love the football club and we need to try and be there and generate that atmosphere Um, so it's, it's ever so important I think to potentially helping the lads over the line on Saturday. And with that, we'll take some questions. First up, we have our mate, Andrew Kent, and he has asked... Watch uh, Kenny. <laughs> he has asked, has anyone worked out why we've changed formation yet and what benefit it is to us? So I've talked about this a little bit, so I'm going to stop talking about it and let's let Fion talk about it a bit. I don't want to talk about it just because I find formation talk very boring. Um, All right, well, I'll answer it then. Um, The answer is no. I don't know why we've changed. Um, Maybe for the sake of changing, maybe because we we, we failed so badly last time we were in the Premier League Um, and and maybe because uh, from an analytics point of view, we felt that the chances that we have been creating have come from a certain passage of play or pattern of play in the last 12 months and we've bought players that we feel will create those chances more often or prevent chances being conceded more often and therefore by buying those players we've ended up with a with a selection of players that means a certain formation is is, is doable just to go back to what i said before uh, farker's unproven at this level he's a phenomenal second flight manager you know absolutely superb in this league he still needs to show that he can recognize that something's going wrong and change it and turn a game around um, which he's done umpteen times in the championship but he needs to do it in the Premier League a few times um, otherwise we're not going to stay up and he also needs to show that he can uh, maybe start a season or start a month at one formation and recognise okay that's not going to work at the moment I need to change that because I've been nullified by the opposition Um, and I think we all agree he has got the talent to do that this season so he needs to find a way of making them making them do it. And if that means, heaven forbid, going two up front, if that means playing a flat four in the middle, if that means going three, five, two or whatever, you've you got to try it. You've got to keep trying things to, to get us to a point where you feel 
actually we've created more chances than the opposition or we've had so many chances that there is there's real data and evidence for us not to change what we tried last week next week and i don't think we're there yet yeah I, I tend to agree with that i think before we'd signed matthias norman i was i was kind of of the view that we'd signed players to play 433 or 343 um because Jolis and, and Rashid said just look like you know we're going to be going to be a bit more set up to to play football on the counter attack and they look like the kind of players who can do that and get at teams quickly the signing of Norman I think probably gives us a bit more tactical flexibility because whoever we had in the side prior to his arrival could you really play 4231 I don't think you could have played Kenny and Gilmore or Kenny and Rupp or you know Gilmore and, and Rupp as a defensive shield against anyone and expected that to be all right. But actually, Norman is supposed to be tough tackling. Norman is supposed to like to get at people. Norman is supposed to have a lot of energy. Whether he's a defensive shield is, you know, remains to be seen. But he's the kind of player that, you know, we could plonk in there and, and hope that, you know, we, we could go back to 4-2-3-1 if, if needs be. So, yeah, I, I get what, what Andrew's saying. I think it's... um. It hasn't benefited us yet, and and like I said, it hasn't benefit, benefited um, Timu, which is is really unfortunate. Let's have another one. And this is from Sam Pitcher, and he asks, "How many points do we think realistically we're going to have come the end of October?" And he thinks nine is acceptable, and less than nine will be a terrible tragedy. So if we said we're playing Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton. Chelsea and Leeds. Tom, how many? Oh no, let, let's go with you, Fionn. How many points do you think we can glean from that? Tell me if you need the fixtures again. Mm, so, how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six games. Well, we're not going to beat Chelsea, are we? Um, but I think other than that, it's not a bad little run. Um, Brighton have had a good start to the season, but Leeds haven't. Um, so, I think. I think there's a win and maybe four points out of those two games. I don't think we'll get anything at Everton. Burnley, we never get anything there, but I think we'll beat Watford. Um, so that's seven. Yeah, no, I'm going I'm to find a couple more points. I'm going to go nine, actually, because I think we'll find a couple of points from somewhere. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not a bad run compared to what we've had, um, just based on the... F- we just need leads to still be floundering by them, which I they might not be. But uh... and looking into November, we've got Brentford, Southampton, and Wolves, and two of those are at home. So it is a really favourable run that we're now coming into. And then Newcastle straight after that. I mean that that is a that's a that's kind of a more favourable run for them we've got at the moment mm. and coming up. And um, I I would I would say seven. With what was the phrase that Sam used? Absolute disaster. Terrible, tra- a terrible tragedy if we don't get nine. Terrible tragedy if we if we're on fewer than seven, and um, you know we, we should be able to get a win from either Watford at home, Brighton at home. Um, we should get two wins from either Watford at home, Brighton at home, Leeds United at home, um, and then you expecting a point against um, a surprise point if you like against either Everton or or Burnley away from home. And then, you know, basically, if if you get an unbelievably lucky one because Chelsea go down to nine men or, or you know, by then we've actually hit our, hit our stride. Norman's amazing. Rashid's up and firing. And, you know, we are a good match for them. Then, then great. You know, you might switch those points around. But, you know, you can easily see us beat Watford and Brighton or 
Brighton and Leeds or Leeds and Watford, you can easily see us nicking a point away um, at, you know, Burnley and or Everton. You, you know, we beat Everton last time out with a much worse team than we've got now. So, yeah, you know, so many scored. Exactly, that's how bad they were. So I think seven. I think seven point. Any less than seven, and, and it it could be very bleak. Um, I think, yeah, nine's a big ask because, yeah, you you really do need you know effectively you you need to win all of those three bankers and teams at the bottom of the league don't tend to win that many in a row. Shall we have some some? We'll have a couple from Instagram, and then I think we'll be done for the evening. So we've got. Carl Demerrill, and he asks, God, this is tricky, so we're going to have to consider this. Would you choose the starting striker of the other 19 teams in the league over Pookie? So what I think he's effectively suggesting is that Pookie is the worst starting striker in the Premier League. Tom, discuss. So run that past me again. So of all the 20, like see if you said um, the starting striker at each Premier League club, yeah. Would you have Pookie over any of them? So Chelsea, Lukaku, obviously not. Um, Manchester United, I guess that's Ronaldo now. Probably well, not. Al- al- almost any of them, to be fair, yeah. at Man United. So I think yeah, yeah. you need to start, start with your eyes a bit further down the, the table. All right, Burnley. What's Wood, is he the starting striker? Yeah, I'd, I'd take him over the Burnley lot, um, just because I don't want to watch that type of football ever. Um, I'd say... I'd say tempting fate for Saturday but Watford I don't think really have a, a top did they play Josh King up front on he did play yeah I'm yeah they still got played is, through is the middle a, I'm not sure who they're playing as a what about I, Saar is, is not he's sort of a right, right winger, winger isn't he? Yeah. Mm, he scores never ever such a lot of goals um I'd he's not a Saar. striker that's okay the, um, that's the question boy yeah okay well in, in that case um it's a good, it's a very good question, and it is a, it is a close one thing. Who's up front for Leeds? I certainly would take Pookie about in front of. Yeah, I'd take Pookie in front of Bamford all day long. Patrick Bamford, like not, not sure. What, I would how, these many, how many Premier League goals did he get last season? I'm, I'm that's not, a I, bit, I, That's controversial, I mate. I don't care. Uh, that's it because because for me, just because Bamford's a massive Tory. Yes, when Fair when, it, yeah, when, it come, when when it comes to hypotheticals like this. I feel that I'm allowed to suspend kind of form. It's not a real life proposition. So why do I have to therefore use complete <laughs> logic to, to, to answer it? So no, so, We've so for that reason. podcast on that, mate. So well done. Carry on. Exactly. So playing um, playing style, I'd take him over everyone who's ever played for Burnley. Ivan um, Tony? No, mm. I, 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 would, I don't like Tony. So again, I would take Pookie over Tony. I don't, I don't agree with, with, with some of Tony's stances on things. So yeah, I'll go with with Pookie over him as well. So don't he's, he's what definitely. What stances in... don't you approve of? of well, have, a go- have, have a Google, mate. But yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm all about I'm all about Pookie. Okay, fair enough. Fion, you've chucked a few in there, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going with Watford just because I can't I can't think who their main striker is. So we'll go with that, and now they'll score a hat trick on Saturday. But wouldn't mind yeah. this Edward lad who's just scored two on his debut for for Palace. That was a hell of a hell of a start. He's got Mark, a great Mark song Libra as well. Who... He's got a great song. I want to be Edward. <laughs> Brilliant song. Um, all right, let's have one more. This is from Chris Barton, and this is probably purely just for you, Fionn, given your, your ground hopping credentials. And he's oh, asked, right. name the away day ground that you've experienced the best halftime pie at. Oh, uh, difficult. 
Brighton's Weirdly, good. I had I had a very good one at Reading um, a couple of seasons ago. I don't, I don't know if it's just because I was particularly hungry because it was a midweek game. Um, I don't think I'd had any lunch that day, but it was surprisingly good. So I'll go for Reading because there's not much else that's good about a trip there. So, uh, <laughs> so the Pirates good. Brighton's are good as well, but they're um, they're quite expensive and they're sort of their special gourmet ones. So you'd expect that. But but Reading was the best uh, the best surprise pie. Yeah, Brighton nice. was the first one that that came to mind for me as well. That's, um, I I like that as an away day. Lovely. That's all the questions I think. And Carl Demerol, I think it was, um, with your starting striker Cracking question. question. Um, good question. So if you'd like to claim your your free scarf, if you're listening to this, then drop us a DM. It'd be bizarre choice to to, to um, not listen after setting a question but you know believe me some people have never never responded after winning it you know um to to claim their prize so yeah it's a shame that your children have had to leave the house because there's so much unclaimed merch is in your house but... it's bad isn't it yeah no that's why we moved house so i've got a garage now <laughs> yeah superb all right fion thanks so much for coming on and telling us about how brilliant arsenal was um i hope you enjoy the game on on saturday john uh, I can't wait to take up my my seat, uh, bedecked in yellow and green, making as much noise as possible. It's time, I think, for the winds to change. It's time for us to finally get up and running this season and just look ahead at that fixture list, even if it doesn't come on Saturday, which we all three of us think it will. It's going to be coming soon. The winds are going to be coming and uh, it's, things are going to start looking a lot more rosy. Enjoy Saturday. Mind how you go.